I guess the key really was outsourcing. I started to outsource a little bit at a time and having, you know, phenomenal support and, and, and people at the office and office managers and marketing people and, and just trying to let go of all that control because I think that's a really difficult thing to do as a single agent is to let things go. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Rockstars. Uh, this is Elliot Hoyt, and I'm going to be your host today, standing in for Aaron Amuchastegui, and I'm joined Actually, before I get into it, I need to kind of build this up. This man is is, is special. He's he's doing a lot of things, and I'm going to try and dig into how the heck you do this many things and do them so well. Uh, I'm joined today by Matt Whitty, and uh, Matt, welcome. Thanks, Thanks Elliot. I'm psyched, psyched to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm psyched to have you on, man. It's always great to connect with guys who were were listeners or are listeners, and and end up kind of working their way into actually being on the podcast, kind of like like I did too. So. So yeah, I'm going to, I don't know if I can even set the stage to explain kind of who you are and what you've been doing. Um, but Matt, why don't you, why don't you tell the folks who you are, where you're at and what you do? Yeah. So I'm Matt Whitty, Andover, Massachusetts, and, uh, I've been teaching full-time math slash business slash real estate courses since 1999 and decided to jump into real estate in 2012. And, and I've uh, been doing full-time real estate and full-time teaching since. Wow. Yeah, that's that's impressive. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of us, you know, real estate professionals out there, it's hard enough for us to do real estate normally, right? How 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 the heck do you balance up being able to do basically two full-time jobs? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, certainly take a life of its own. I started as a single agent and I I was pretty excited when I got my first commission check for $7500 and I thought I was rich and and it was a great thing. And uh, slowly but surely, things kind of escalated, and I, I ended up starting a team more out of necessity. So I guess the key really was outsourcing. I started to outsource a little bit at a time, and having you know phenomenal support and 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 people at the office and office managers and marketing people and and just trying to let go of all that control because I think that's a really difficult thing to do as a single agent is to let things go as they start to branch off. Um, I think if I stayed as a single agent, I would just been burned out at some point. Yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. So, so let's kind of set the stage a little bit there, I guess. So let, let's go back in time a little bit here. Um, obviously, you know, you were teaching before, what made you want to go from, from, from teaching to actually kind of living it and doing it? Can you talk to me a little bit about that transition? Kind of sure. Yeah. I was, um, like a lot of teachers doing side hustle. I was, um, tutoring math to, um, to a high school student at their house. And, and the mom was a, a very successful real estate agent. Her name's Debbie. And uh, I always asked Debbie questions about the market. You know, what's going on in the market? And it was like 07, 08, 09, somewhere around there. And uh, she was awesome. I ended up tutoring both her kids over a two or three year period. So I got to know them all pretty well. So I always asked her, you know, is it hard to get a license? You know, how do you do this and that? And she was always super supportive. So I ended up diving in and she, I, I ended up working at the same broker she worked at 
And I remember meeting with the brokers and, and I asked them what, what now is a funny question is, is I asked them, I said, you know, do you think I can make like 20 grand selling real estate? And they laughed at me and I thought, why are they laughing at me? I don't even understand what's so funny, but to me, it was a ton of money and it was at the time. So that was really the start of everything. And then I started to work with teachers within the school system. And I was lucky because they, they trusted me to do something and they knew that my main career was teaching at the time. So I'm very grateful for that, that opportunity that they gave me. And then it just, uh, it just kind of kept building up, you know, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And, and now it's, it's, it's going fantastic. So would you say it's fair to say that the fact that people, you know, like knew and trusted you, uh, from a teaching perspective, did that help that segue? Was that kind of a natural kind of, okay, I guess we're going to use Matt because we know who he is. Yeah, I think that, I think that definitely is it. And I, and I think I, I'd like to believe I wasn't coming off salesy, you know, uh, started pretty simple with, um, you know, new England Patriot calendars. I know everyone hates the new England Patriots, but <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're yeah. laughing now. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get well, to that. <laughs> that's a whole nother hour. Um, yep. <laughs> but yeah, you, you start with that. And then over time people say, oh yeah, he, he does real estate and he's, you know, I'm not approaching everybody at the school and attacking them. And, but, uh, you start to build up a re- reputation and then people start to ask you, like I did Debbie, you know, what's going on with the market. So a lot of people, uh, they're, they're told a lot of agents when they first get licensed, um, and it's even some experienced agents, um, I hear it more from them not you can't do real estate part-time or at least you can't have a full-time job or a part-time job and have a real estate job. It's kind of all in or all out. Obviously your situation is entirely different. What is it that even made you think I could do this? What is it that made you think, Oh, I'm going to do two jobs. And did did it ever cross your mind that maybe this wasn't a good idea? Was it always in in the plan to do it this way? I was very, very uh, fortunate because my wife was super supportive of this whole situation because, you know, to put the number of hours in I needed to do to get this thing off and running was going to be a lot of dedication. So I had the family support, which was, was enormous. And I, I always felt in the back of my mind, I'm almost embarrassed to say I was a part-time agent. I never wanted to say that. And it's, it's got that stigma in the industry and from consumers that, you know, I mean, imagine going to a doctor and they say, I do this part-time. You'd be very uncomfortable with the surgery, you know? So I looked at it the same way. So I never really said much about it. I never wanted anyone to know. And now it would be a lie if I said I was a part-time agent. Yeah, yeah you, you definitely obviously leveraged some systems here, which we're going to pretty dig into here as we kind of go along. But um, so so talk to me. If uh, I know you've been an agent lo- longer than I have, actually. So oh, is that right? To, yeah, 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 you have been. Talk to me. Uh, talk to me about that first year. So that first year when you said, okay, I'm going to get my license now. I'm, I'm still teaching full-time. Um, what did that look like? What was your day-to-day structure like? What was your kind of mission? What were you trying to get done on the daily? Yeah, I guess I, I was honestly thinking if I could sell a couple of houses, I'll be fine. You know what I mean? Make fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars and that and that would be plenty for what I needed. So what happened was, you know, I started, like I said, in the school system and the, my first two or three sales were all the school teachers. Mm-hmm. And then it branched off to a school teacher's brother. And then I started to double down and I started to buy online leads. You know, I was, I was eating up realtor.com leads and starting with the zip code when they used to do zip codes in this area, they kind of changed the format a little bit. Back when you Um, could actually get good leads. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So, 
Um, I ended up buying one zip code, then two, then three, then four. And then I was up to like 25 shares of zip codes. I had every zip code you could think of. And then I started to just turn those over, you know, one after the other, one after the other. And then we went from, you know, two or three sales to the next year to 10 sales to 20 to 25 to 30 to 35, 36. And it just started to really take off. Did you? Uh, so that was kind of the, that was kind of the, I guess the, you know, the main objective. There wasn't much to it other than that. I didn't even have a CRM system at the time. I didn't even know what that stood for. <laughs> so, so did you kind of wean yourself off of that system eventually? Did it start becoming more referral based or was it, have you, are you still doing those things? Yeah, I still do online leads. I use Ylopo, um, which I know a lot of people on this on this platform use, and and Google PPC and things like that. So I feel like I still have to fill the pipeline. Uh, the Realtor.com we pivoted off of. Um, they changed their format, and we didn't get the traction that we needed. So we felt like that wasn't going to be a good thing. So then we started to uh, really focus on Sphere, uh, repeat referrals, and things like that. So you got the business off the ground mainly off of off of you know kind of your leads, and then you kind of transitioned in. Now I'm assuming you obviously built a CRM in somewhere along the way there between those leads and kind of going more referral based. For sure, yeah, we definitely have a CRM. Um, the the, the follow up boss, which I know again is mentioned on here, so we switched um, from a different CRM system about six months ago, and the team really likes the follow up boss system. It's it's done very well for us. So so again, talk talk to me a little bit about that then. So you first couple of years kind of was a, a nice increase. You were getting leads, you were getting deals done. At what point <laughs> you're teaching again, full-time still, right. and, and you're, you're a solo agent. At what point did you decide, okay, I'm going to become a team now? And again, yeah. I'm going to ask this too. What, at what point did you become a team and you decided, Hey, I'm still going to keep teaching. This is, right. this is crazy to me, but I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, my, my boss, Maureen Hines is at, at our office of William Ravis and, I, I spoke to her about three years ago and I said, I'm, I'm starting to drown. You know, I can't get to people. And we talked about, you know, what are the steps to start making it, you know, making a team. And, and of course I did everything backwards. Um, you know, everybody recommends get an admin, get an admin. And of course I thought, yeah, I'll just get an agent. Why would I get an admin? <laughs> Classic. So, yeah. Classic. So, yeah. So we did that backwards and I started to hire agents um, a little bit here and there. And then I got the virtual assistant which I still have, and she's awesome, and uh, it's been a huge, huge leverage for us. And um, I hired, <laughs> I hired quickly on the team, and you learn quick that it's not always the best fit for, for both sides. It's not just me; it's it's them them as well. And and uh, we got a lot of new team members uh, in 2022, and and we're really, really getting a good head of steam. So I would say three years ago was when we started the team, and we're. I'd like to feel like we're learning every day, like how to really build this. So talk to me about how your team's structured then. How many agents, how many admin, how many total members? Yeah, we have six total agents. Uh, one is part-time, and then we have five full-time agents. One of those wears two hats. Um, she's newer to the industry, so she does um, buyers and sellers. She's able to do that. Uh, but she also does a lot for us as so she covers showing, so she's a showing assistant. Um, she covers home inspections all for a fee. She covers final water reading, smoke certificates, lock boxes, riders, things like that. So she kind of does a little bit of everything for us. So she's a huge value. And then we have some experienced full-time agents that just came on that have been phenomenal so far. 
And uh, we have a virtual assistant who I mentioned that's in the Philippines, and she's amazing. She's the second one that I have, uh, and she's phenomenal. I just sent her video trainings of what we need her to do, and she's just spot on. We have a transaction coordinator that's in-house that we pay uh, per transaction. And um, that pretty much rounds out. Actually, nope, sorry, one more. We just recently hired an ISA two months ago that just dials for one hour each weekday. So you're pretty dialed in then. You've got a plan here. I like that. Um, yeah. yeah it's, it's, that, that transition for a lot of people is tough, right? You go from being independent to, like you said, you kind of got to relinquish some of the reins a little bit and you've got to build out a team that can kind of support you. And obviously in your case, they had to be, you know, support on steroids because you have to go and do the day job, so to speak, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It would have been a much different animal if you if we spoke three years ago. This interview would have been over in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you, why, why do you say that? Well, because there's, there's so much learning. It was a big learning curve to start a team. You know what I mean? So how do you recruit and how do you get people and how do you retain and how do you show the value that they that they really deserve so they don't feel as though they're getting poached on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that that's something that I mean I struggle with too. I'm a broker and I own my own brokerage, and we run a lot more like a team. It's not mm-hmm. your kind of traditional like hang your license, do your own thing. We're very collaborative. Right. But that's something I think of all the time is is how can you give as much value as possible, right? How can I help these people? Because at the end of the day, they're you're, they're guaranteed to leave you and and not return that investment of time if you don't help them. Yeah. So you may as, you, you may as well do something on the way, right? Right, a hundred percent. Yeah, spot on. You really need to show that value to retain. So, are there comparisons between teaching and real estate in any way? Yeah, there is. I think the biggest thing, and I talk to my students all the time about this. Uh, anytime we talk in those business courses, the real estate when it comes up is is how to manage people's emotions. You know, um, you probably know teenagers can get upset. And, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to, to diffuse those situations is not much different than a 60-year-old adult getting upset, you know, that, uh, you know, they didn't get enough offers or, you know, something fell apart or it's coming back on the market or, you know, financing came through. So I think managing emotions, uh, whether you're in the classroom or in the real estate world, is, is very similar. Some might argue that uh, grown adults can be sometimes more problematic in real estate transactions <laughs> than, than kids in classes, right? I've seen a I few agree. crazy ones. I would agree. You'd expect you'd expect the adults to be able to handle it, but it, you know that the challenge is it's a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar property. It's it's tough to keep that down. You know, it's a very very big deal. Um, so it's we try to try to deescalate as much as we can. You know, I, I always say I have a. I have a a boring quote that I always use. And I said, real estate is not a Disney movie. You know, we try <laughs> to make it as good as we can, but it's, you know, it's got its ups and downs and that's the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. We've, uh, we had some, we've had some challenging ones ourselves this week and it's kind of uh, reminded me we have to yeah. be the, the calm in the storm sometimes. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, so when you're, uh, when you're trying to get your day set out right now, um, I, how does it look? I mean, are you teaching nine to three, eight to? I mean, how's it? How's your day look? Yeah, so I get up on the weekdays. I get up at four thirty in the morning, and then I I hit the peloton and 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 just I need to do that just so that I get in a good frame of mind. And I literally throw on an audible or podcast while I'm working out to just make sure that I get off to a good start because I I am a big believer in that that you the way you start the day is the way things are going to move forward throughout that day 
And then I, uh, you know, I'm at school at 6.45 a.m., you know, bell rings at 7.19, and then we're off and running until, you know, 1.51. And uh, if there's no extra help, I'm out of there, and then we start part two, you know, which is, you know, come home and I'll either prospect or show houses or, you know, deal with, you know, a little bit of cleanup if there's any issues with home inspections or things like that. Um, I'm always working on something. You know, it's very hard to say that I, I take a day off. I, I just enjoy it so much. It just doesn't feel like I'm even working. You know, I could, I could be on the MLS for hours. <laughs> so, so the teaching is very front-loaded then. You're getting a lot of that stuff done um, kind of earlier in the day, which kind of leaves the rest of the day open to do the real estate stuff. It does, yeah. It leaves it wide open. And it's it's uh, I, I just don't want to quit the teaching because I it's, it's strange, but I – it's almost therapeutic. I enjoy it. I enjoy working with the faculty that I work with. The students that I have are awesome. Um, we get to talk about math. We talk about business and real estate and life. And there's just so much, there's, there's so much excitement in the building. And, you know, it's almost, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to get out of the building, but it, it's another thing. It just doesn't feel like I'm working. It's, it's almost like the teaching gives you life, right? It doesn't drain you, right? I kind of yeah. feel like it's, it's giving you that, that skip. I, I do. I, I believe that. And I think it, it kind of calms your brain down a little bit because you can't think about some of the issues in, in the, you know, the real estate, like, a, the, you know, a lot of talk about the market turning and what are we going to do and things like that. And I don't have eight hours to be thinking about that when I'm teaching. How, uh, on that note, how, how is the market in your area? How, what are things looking like? Has there been a change the past couple of weeks, months? Yeah. I, I like to round things up, you know, see how yeah. the rest of the country. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, we're seeing, you know, seeing more home inspections now where just a few months ago you seemed like you couldn't even have one. Uh, I don't see anyone waving the appraisal anymore, the appraisal gaps. Um, you know, there are still some homes going overpriced. It just depends on how well they're priced. But we're not seeing the lines down the street, you know. So that's the, I think that's the biggest difference. Have you looked much into the numbers at all as far as kind of like your days on market increasing and that kind of stuff? I know there's a lot of the anecdotal kind of, you know, how you feel during transactions and seeing certain contingencies. Have you seen dramatic increases at all? Has it been relatively steady? Yeah, there's been a, there hasn't been a lot of inventory, especially the last few weeks. So we're not seeing that. Um, days on market has definitely increased and it, and it varies from town to town. You know, I would say in Andover, if it's priced right, it's gone. You know, and then there's other towns that are just a little bit uh, east and west of us where the inventory is a little bit bigger and, and, and the days on market are a little bit longer. Um, but it's really that that pricing and having that candid conversation with the seller is absolutely critical right now. Yeah, absolutely. So what what on, on this note, what is your production looking like for, for this year right now? Yeah, we had a really good year. I, we uh, So I sold 42 houses um, and the volume was about $33 million. And then the team just sold um, around the mid twenties for that volume was around 12 million. So, but we just took on four new agents in the last 12 months. So this, like I said, this is a really strong group. So I feel like once we get a full year in that the numbers are going to be looking, looking very good. So what's your average price point for you personally that you've put together on those 42 transactions? This year? Uh, it's, a, it's a little under 800,000. Okay. Yeah, I think it's seven seventy five somewhere around there. That's pretty solid. We're uh, in, in Boise. Our our median in the market is right now like five fifty, and we're 
we're sitting just above it. So we're not quite, yeah, you're, you're kind of blowing us out of the water over there, man. Good for <laughs> yeah, you. Pe- people love Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never been myself, but, um, I've heard, uh, <laughs> I've heard that Patriots fans are crazy out there. So I might have to swing by sometime yeah. and, uh, and see what it's all about. Right. We'd love to have <laughs> you. They, they've definitely calmed down a bit. Okay, I have. See, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know if I want you to calm down because uh, from what from what I've heard, obviously I'm from England originally, and okay. uh, the English we have a very uh, we're very matter of fact. We don't really mince our words, is the saying, right? You just kind of say it how it is. Um, we have a, a very uh, what's the word? I don't know. Complex sense of humor that most yeah. Americans don't get. However, the East Coast is apparently Massachusetts. Um, uh, I heard Philadelphia is crazy too. Uh, sure. New York, everyone on the East Coast has really similar kind of sense of humor and they're kind of candid like the English. So I actually feel like I probably should have ended up somewhere where you're at rather than out here on the West, you know? We'd love to have you. I got, I got to tell you that you'd fit right in. Um, but there's not a lot of sensitivity training in real estate when it comes to, <laughs> to, to how you speak to a client and vice versa. You know, it's, it, you get right to the point. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that because out here in, in, in Boise, we, uh, uh, Idahoans, uh, for the most part, are, 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 are relatively easy to deal with. We do have, we've had an influx of uh, a lot of California, um, a decent amount of Washington and Oregon, and it's very interesting actually. Right when you talk to people from different geographical locations, the culture is very different. And how I, right. if I was to speak candidly to certain states moving here, the way that maybe you guys do over there. <laughs> Oh, I'd be in trouble because they, yeah. <laughs> they, I think there's mass, there's mass sensitivity training out on the West Coast sometimes when it comes to how to deal with that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. What, what an adjustment though for you to have to, to, you know, to, to wear that hat and, and, yeah. and, and learn that, you know, learn, learn the culture of the state and everything else in between. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I think a lot of it comes with, with experience. Um, but age too, I, I personally, I got licensed quite young, um, relatively speaking, I was 24. 24 i think so i know i guess if we're going back far enough you're probably close enough to that when you got licensed but you learn a lot on the way is what i'm trying to say basically the more you interact with people um it kind of makes you grow up fast because you know you're dealing with someone's biggest asset right this is the biggest thing that they're probably going to deal with in in their life and you kind of have to figure out hey i better mature up and figure out how to communicate to these people yeah it's super important and i think you really need to be assertive you know and and you know, it's like going, like I always say, doctors, dentists, they're very assertive. They tell you exactly what the problem is. You know, they don't say things like, I'm not sure, you know, we can try that. You know, people don't want to hear those things. They want to know that you're the expert in the marketing and, and the pricing and, and, and the negotiation and, and, you know, the hesitation and how you speak to them it can be, you know, awkward for them. You got to be, you know, spot on with them and adjust yeah, I- to them. Exactly. That's a great point. And, I, and I, I'm assuming too that that again is where the teaching comes into play too, because at the end of the day, there's, there's an objective to get done. You go get these kids through school, right? And you, they have to leave enriched the same way a client has to leave educated. Um, yeah. It's amazing how many parallels there are. I don't, I don't think about it too often, but, but it, it is, it is true. Yeah. It's kind of a natural progression for you for sure. So yeah, switch, switching, switching gears here a little bit. Um, a question was posed and it was asked to you. And the question was, if you were on stage for How You Succeed, what would the name of the panel be? And your answer was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Agent. <laughs> I love that. I don't know what it means. I have some ideas of what it might mean, but I want you to talk me through that. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Agent. What does that, what does that mean? What's that name? Yeah, I forget, I forgot I even wrote that, but I think I was laughing when I heard it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to that idea that, 
you don't want all the teachers to know that you're real estate agent and vice versa. I don't even know if it's the teachers because they already know, but maybe it's the students. You know, at one point I was probably like, oh, I don't think I want the students to know that I'm in real estate. And I certainly don't want my buyers and sellers to know that I'm teaching. So I think that that's the whole idea of the hidden. I kept thinking hidden and like, oh, yeah, I think I heard heard that phrase once. And I'll just change it a little bit. But I forgot I actually wrote that. I like I like that I like that you uh, that you put that in there. I mean, it, it's it, it's again. I'm I'm just I am in awe that someone can do this because I can barely keep my stuff together um, <laughs> as, as, as an agent. You don't but, like, you don't want to try but, teaching. My mother's a teacher, so my yeah. mother's been an English teacher back home in England for uh, almost fifty years at this point. I think. Oh wow, uh, forty like. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe she she hears this. She's gonna slap me. I think actually probably forty three, forty four years. Um, but my my I, I grew up with an English teacher um, as a mother, and she also went. She also taught at my schools, two of my schools during being um, when I was in school when she was teaching, and I've seen the stuff she's had to deal with. Yeah, and I don't know again reference point wise, right? Growing up in a different culture in different country, school can be different. Can be sure. different. I bet. Um, I know there's different challenges in different places, but the the school I went to, my middle school and high school, because I kind of comboed a little bit in England. Um, we were not a good school. Uh, okay. We were we were on special measures by like um, I don't know what you call it out here. I guess you have like the you know superintendents or whatever. We were on special measures like this is the bad danger school. Oh so really? Of, yeah, the amount of stuff I I mean just for behavior more than anything. Okay. The amount of stuff I saw my mum had to deal with, and the amount of. Um, preparation too i mean it's a very thankless job i mean for really what it is from my understanding it depends on if you're a private school or if you're public but sure at the end of the day in my opinion personally no i wouldn't want to be a teacher because i know what they go through to answer that question first right. of all but i i think that it, it should be taken i mean i might get i might get you know brought out for this one but you look at doctors right you look at attorneys um maybe real estate to an extent all of those professions make exponentially more money than the average teacher does. For but sure. teachers, are, teachers are shaping our future quite literally. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I, I think do. Teachers, yeah, I mean, they're they're one hundred percent underpaid. There's no there's no question. And and I'm I'm lucky because I'm teaching math, and and you know the business is a little bit newer the last few years, but the math is is a lot easier to manage, in my opinion, in terms of grading and things like that and assessing, but. These some of these teachers that are reading five, ten page papers and bringing them home and they just don't stop and they don't stop, you know, the effort and the love they put into that, uh, you know, the class and the kids is really it's 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 over the top. And you, you can't find people that work harder than that. And and I'd agree, you know, I mean, there's other countries I know that pay significantly more than they do in the, in the United States. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. 
Fall Out Boss I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, Call Action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to Fall Out Boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown and like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used Line Desk, I've used Conversion, and I think Fall Out Boss gives you the most integrations Mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable. I do like follow up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based that's fine. If I want to go task based it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Fallout Boss. Purely objective, Fallout Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Fallout Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think back home in England, it's it's relatively similar. Um, it's, I, it depends on the state. Again, I know there's some states that obviously have higher cost of living, so some teachers can actually be into the six figures, but it's proportional to living in a city where you have to have that just to survive. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, it's honourable. Um, any teachers that are listening, if there are any that thought about getting their license, uh, we we stand by you, and we got the proof in the pudding that you can do both apparently as well. Yeah, they, they, they absolutely can. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I, I heard you're a vision board guy. I want to talk about kind of future projections. You've obviously done a lot in, in you know, in a good period of time here and you've built a good base. Um, I know you're a vision board guy. What does the future hold for you business-wise? Have you looked at, is it, are you kind of thinking about different ways to segue out of doing different things in the business or do you have other ideas of, you know, what does it look like? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, I don't want, I certainly don't. I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want a massive team of 20 people. I don't think I could manage that. And I think I'm going to lose something with that. So um, I want to make sure the team is a manageable size. I mean, that's definitely a goal. I want to make sure they feel that the value is there and that they're heard. And then I could offer them things that they're interested in. You know, so I'm certainly always asking them what they want. Um, from that, we always want to try to pivot and be a little bit ahead of some of the trends um, of where the, the real estate direction is going. So that's kind of team-wise. In terms of uh, my own real estate goals, I'm, I'm always looking to add to, to my portfolio, which is a little bit small. Um, I had a coach three years ago that before I, I – we, my wife and I own this house, the house we live in, the house you can see. And a few years ago, my coach kind of in, in a funny way said, you know, Matt, you're such a fraud. And I said, what does that mean? She says, you tell people to buy real estate and you don't buy real estate. What kind of real estate agent are you? And I'm like, take it easy. 
And so <laughs> I ended up. <laughs> That's such an East Coast response. Take it easy. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and it was, it was really good. She was a, she was a spitfire and, uh, and I still talk to her today. She's awesome. And she was right. I said, you know, I, we need to look into getting another property. So we did. We ended up buying another property. And then a year later, we bought another property. And at this point, I'm just kind of settling down. But I'm, I'm really looking into short-term rentals. So the last one I bought was short-term rental. I like the short-term rental model. I just listened to the, the most recent real estate rock stars on short-term rentals in Vegas. I thought it was great. And I, I really like that. So that's another thing I'd say on the vision board. You know, some of the selfish things that I want. You know, I obviously have visions of my family and and my friends and things like that. Um, but for real estate, that's kind of the avenue I'm thinking. So how many, what's your portfolio, for, sorry, portfolio looking like right now? How many do you have total? Yeah, I have three properties total and a timeshare, uh, which I know people say is the biggest waste of money, but we, we love it. <laughs> so whatever. And, uh, it works, you know, it works. Yeah, it works. It's fine. And uh, so, yeah, we have a, a property in Cape Cod, which is about a two-hour drive south of here. So we we rented that out a little bit in the summers, but we primarily use it as a second home. So it's kind of a nice place we can get away pretty easily. And then we have a property in the Orlando area, about 10 miles from Disney. And that's primarily an Airbnb uh, that we have managed by a company down there. Um, so now I'm starting to look at different areas like Nashville and, and Austin and some of these other uh, popular areas for, for short-term rentals. Yeah, I've, I've been looking at, at some of those myself. I have more my rentals are long-term. And I've kind of been on the fence about going short-term just because I'd seen you know some mutterings in, in our market of things kind of slowing down on the short-term rentals. Um, I guess it's kind of the risk you take a little bit, right? I mean, you're not you're not getting a lease where things are signed up for a long period of time. And you know, you're going to get that consistent stream of income. You're kind of swinging for the fences each week and hoping that you you max that out, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And and in Florida, you find it's a little bit slow in September, October, but as it gets into November, it really cranks up the rest of the year. So it's almost like set it and forget it at that point. And with the combination of the you know the surges we've got in the last couple of years in the market, it's it's pretty good investment at this point. Yeah, that's one of those benefits of uh, having a state where they have good weather most of the year round, apart from a few hurricanes here and there. You know, it's true. We actually have um, Canadians coming down and staying j- all January through through uh, April. So Canadians, they yes. Like the- oh, sweet. All right. Yeah, I guess there's a, a big a big population. Um, that come down from Montreal and and just want to get out of the cold for the for the three months, which makes sense. So, you know, it's funny. We're in, in I'm, obviously I'm in south southwest Idaho in Boise. Canada's I think eight hours north, basically. I rarely see a Canadian in Idaho. I guess they just don't like us because I I don't. I rarely see them. It's um, not it's warm enough. Yeah. No, it's not. I, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Actually, I lie. I see Canadians every day. You know why we have Canadian geese on the roof outside? They always come down, they always come I, down here in the winter. So. I've, I've seen a couple of those, yeah. Yeah, we, we can't get rid of them. That's the whole, again, we could go up an hour on those. At Boise State in college, we used to hate the geese because they'd wake you up when you're in the dorm rooms. It was not a fun time at all. Uh, they're, yeah, they're looking out for you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess make sure you get to the weight. You get, make sure you get to the weight room in time yeah. and don't miss out what you're supposed to yeah. be doing. Yeah, you got uh, it. So, so you're you're a multifaceted guy here. You're teaching. You're you're doing real estate. You're a team leader. Um, is there anything else that you're working on outside of the real estate di- directly that you're kind of growing your skill set on at all? Yeah, I actually um, just started working for Tristan Armada, who a lot of people know as uh, the, the 
the lead on lab coat agents and uh, a brilliant tribe. He runs that brilliant tribe and he's uh, got his hand in everything. So I, I, we have a mutual friend. So I was able to meet with Tristan. So I've been blessed and, and that he offered me a job to, to coach for him. So I have three clients right now. They're, they're great people just started this. And so I'm kind of running that avenue. And I thought with the teaching, I mean, I'm teaching now, which I would just say is just another thing uh, that's similar to coaching. It just seems very natural to me. So I enjoy doing that. It's a new avenue. And, you know, if any corrections in the market, it's a good way to supplement and help people at the same time. So that, that's been really exciting. Has it been mainly real estate coaching or have you thought, is there a lot of the kind of the good habit lifestyle stuff in there too? I know they kind of go hand in hand, but. Yeah, it depends on the client. I mean, we're, so it's, it's re definitely real estate coaching. We have some that uh, want to talk about mindset and some that have no interest in mindset. So really kind of have to cater to what, you know, what the personality is and, and, but it's really cool because there's no, we don't have an agenda where we say we have to do these 20 line items. It's nice to listen to the client and then come up with a plan of what we're going to do. And, you know, anyone paying for coaching that I find, they're receptive to the, um, whether it's criticism, politely, of course, <laughs> or uh, recommendations on what we need to do. And it's, the accountability is amazing. I mean, I have I have a couple different coaches that I, that I use as well, two different avenues, two different companies. And continuing education is so important. If you're going to cut anything, I think, during this potential correction, I don't, I don't recommend cutting the coaching. <laughs> yeah. That accountability is massive. And I think obviously what's great for you is being a teacher. It's a natural progression. I mean, you're, you're, you're coaching is a form of teaching, right? I mean, that, it, I it is, it's, I it's for me, it's, su it's super easy and super enjoyable. And it's an hour zoom call every other week. And it's been, it's been awesome. It, it just flies by. I feel like we need more time, you know? So I end up even texting my clients you know, <laughs> like checking them. Yeah. Like what's going on? Did you get that done yet? Do you need any help with anything? Have you seen, uh, you know, pretty good results so far with the clients you've been working with? It's very early. So I actually had, um, the three first coaching calls last week and, um, just been checking in with them this week. So it's been, I like to say we got off to a good start and it's all about building credibility. You know, we, they need to believe this is going to work. And I really talking talking with them, looking at them, and having some conversations via text in between. I do believe that that's that's the case. That's, that's awesome. So obviously, you have the credentials to be doing this more than probably most people do at all. Um, and you know, we I want to talk a little bit about systems here too. So I, I, we're, we're a little bit over over the place, but yeah. it's related. Um, obviously, you're running a team here what systems are you using that you also are able to kind of hand over when you're doing your coaching? Because anyone listening right now, all of us, no matter how tenured you are, how experienced you are, we're always looking for that next thing that's either going to drive our business, help our business. What kind of things you've been doing, especially with the market kind of shifting here a little bit, what systems have you been implementing? What things you've been doing on a regular basis to make sure the business flows and you're efficient? Yeah. So with, with a little bit extra time, we are cleaning up our systems and processes. And I'd say the, the newest thing we've dived into is a company called Synthesia.io. And it's basically like an avatar that might look like you or I or a female. And you can basically type in a script for them and they will uh, appear to be stating the script in a video format. So what I do is I'm making a library of uh, these avatar videos to send to clients 
during certain progressions of the um, contract and deal. So for example, if they get the contract signed, I will send out an email that states the next steps. And the avatar basically will say, these are the steps. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to Matt Witte. You can look at the links below. And it's just a little bit better than using a template of three paragraphs that can be a little bit overwhelming. A lot of people uh, don't mind the video. Watch the video. You know, check out the video. Um, so that's kind of the newest thing we've been uh, working on. What, what's the feedback been like so far? Have, have you had positive feedback? Yeah. So um, every single person, I did the smoke certificate one, and and that's getting you know the the detectors and all that up to snuff. That one's been very good. I mean, I got good feedback on that. All all the sellers took care of all the steps they needed to, so nobody missed it. And I use it through Bomb Bomb, so I know if they watch the video. So I'm getting some some data on that as well. Some people are going to want the personal touch, so there's a fine line with it. But there's there's nothing wrong with sending it out even as a reminder, you know. So we're just trying to streamline a little bit. So if I pick up the phone and call someone and have a discussion about the smoke certificate, it could be a 30 minute conversation. Uh, so not that we want to avoid it, we just want to find another supplement. Is the uh, uh, forgive me for the ignorant question here? Is the smoke is the smoke certificate a contingency in the contracts, um, at Massachusetts? It has to that... happen in Massachusetts. Yeah, if okay. you don't have the smoke certificate, you can't close. So, and that's the seller's responsibility. I'm starting to feel like Idaho is like the rookie cowboy wild west real estate <laughs> in America because our contracts are like nine pages and the and the and the ninth page of that night the nine pages is a signature page and honestly the first page is half of that is just you know information as far as what the listing is. I talked right. to, to agents all over the country, uh California, East Coast Massachusetts here and for the you know this instance. And you guys seem to have a lot more things to check and balance. So with that being said, it's even more impressive. Um that you're able to kind of systematize these things. It's almost like you have to automate what you can to be efficient. Cause I could imagine if you got 42 transactions in a year and you have, you know, a couple of hours on each one of extra things that maybe I wouldn't have out here in Idaho, you almost have to systematize it. Right. I think so. Yeah. And that's the thing that that's why we're working on this right now. We're like, where can we cut a little bit of time to make this a little bit more efficient? And so that's, that's been that system that we feel like we need. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, I hope I never have to leave Idaho because I think I have a meltdown with some of the stuff you guys have to deal with. I'm I'm a rookie over here compared to you guys. You'd adjust. <laughs> Guess you have to. It's fight or yeah. flight, right? Who, who knows? Hope it doesn't have to happen. We've got to figure out. I'll come visit, but I'm not staying. How about that? <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so obviously, right now, um, from I, I think most agents across the country and most agents are listening. We're going through a little bit of a market shift, if you want to call it, a change in tempo. Um, Business isn't quite as abundant as it was. We're maybe having to work a little bit harder. Um, how have you been adjusting to this as far as the ways that you're generating business and you're generating revenue? Have you implemented anything new or changed anything to kind of keep the revenue coming in and keep the transactions coming in? Yeah, the team and I actually talked about this last night. We do Zoom trainings every Thursday, and we were t and we talked we talked about Sphere. And I know Sphere comes up all the time, and people are like, oh, it's such a cliche, Sphere, Sphere. But you have to get a really, really creative. So we had a team dinner last week and I was telling Michelle, who's on my team, I, I told her last night, I said, you inspired me. And she started laughing and she goes, what are you talking about? I said, I was thinking about clustering clients that might know each other. So for example, I went to a local college called Merrimack College. So I have some friends that have bought and sold with me. 
So my plan, and they're probably going to hear it on the podcast first, is <laughs> to um, have them all meet at a restaurant, you know, the five or six or whatever it is. And I'm just going to take them out to dinner and let them get drinks and appetizers or whatever they want. And then I'm going to pay, and then we're going to leave. And it's not going to be a big real estate conversation. So you figure, you know, uh, Zillow charges 300 bucks a lead, 200 bucks a lead, so on and so forth. What's the difference if you take them out to an eight, $900, $800 or $900 dinner if they're going to get you business in the long run and they're going to feel as though you that they're valued, you know, that you took them out and you hung out with them and it was fun catching up, so on and so forth. So, you know, really taking care of them I think is super important. You know, I do, um, you know, Facebook giveaways. I have, you know, my private group, which is basically past clients, you know, so every quarter we give away Amazon gift cards, 50-inch uh, television sets, Apple Watches, so on and so forth. And we've gotten a lot of positive traction off that. So I think, like, for us, we really need to double down on our bread and butter, which, is, which are those people, the people that are going to go to a Christmas party and tell us that uh, their realtor just sent them a 50-inch television for nothing, you know. Uh, I mean, we've even done stuff like, in the Facebook group, name your favorite charity. And then we donate to every single one of those charities, you know? So it's not even just about, you know, the, you know, the, uh, whatever you want to call it, the, you know, shiny toy, like, Oh, he sends us shiny toys. You know, we do. Yeah. We want to, we want people to look at us in a positive light. Yeah, that, that, that's great stuff. We're, we're all about that over here with my team too. We do, uh, we used to Halloween cookies. So we sent out 120 boxes of freshly baked, Halloween cookies. Um, it's just doing little things, right? Kind of staying top of mind. Um, we, we've done bigger things before too, um, but it, it's crazy. I haven't looked at the stats recently, but I'm sure you've seen the, the stat that everyone you know always quotes is you know eighty something percent of people use the first agent, although the agent they last had an interaction with. Right. So the bigger our businesses get, the kind of more stuff we have to do to make sure we were the agent they last thought of, right? Yeah. No. Hundred percent. I, I love how you said that you give them out for Halloween because. A lot of us give out stuff at Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, and those things. But Halloween, what do the adult adults don't get anything? You know, we get the candy from the kids, but that's it. We don't get presents from people. So yeah. it's kind of like a brilliant time to do that. Yeah, we uh, we we had some great feedback on that actually, because um, like you said, the parents, parents and the adults, they don't get anything. You kind of lose Halloween is a, it becomes a loss once you get to like. Uh, probably not even 16. Once you get to 13, Halloween's almost a lost holiday, especially when you've got kids and yeah. you've got to deal with all that stuff. It's, it's kind of, it becomes their time. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. I, I had several clients text me directly saying, hey, thanks. We look forward to these most each year. <laughs> and that they're, they're not, I mean, they're not cheap, but they're also not the most expensive thing we've done. It's just crazy how the little things can make a difference, right? It's a huge deal. And the fact that you're reaching out to all of them is, you know, is, is telling. They probably love it. Yeah, yeah, hopefully they uh, hopefully they stick around and don't forget about us when the timing comes to, to get some more help, right? I better not. <laughs> no, absolutely. So so what are you doing um, as far as kind of networking with other agents uh, right now? We we over over here have been spending time we try and get referrals um, where we can. We and we don't do it by saying, Hey, send us a referral. 
we we just make sure we kind of cultivate our relationships. We've got several agents in Oregon and Washington. I actually had a call two days ago with an agent that's kind of referring over. We kind of have to take care of each other in this in this kind of national situation because we're all kind of intertwined. If you send one deal, you get a referral. You right. take care of my client, you get taken care of. It kind of spreads the love a little bit with these relationships. Have you been looking at that at all, getting into that a little bit more, kind of doubling down on those relationships? No, it's a really good idea, and it's something that I've never done. I've never received an out-of-state referral, and I've never given given one that I can think of at the top of my head. But now with the coaching platform, I am talking to people in different cities and towns and things like that, California and whatnot. So this is really a good avenue for that, for me to look into it. Um, I've gotten referrals from like the South Shore of Massachusetts, you know, because it's out of their area um, and vice versa, but but never out of state. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it, you have to kind of lean into the pathways too, I think. There's some states that are more... Um, more apt to receiving referrals just simply because of, well, there's a, a multitude of reasons. It can be political. I mean, that's been a big one the past couple of years. There's been a lot of migration for political reasons. There's obviously weather too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's been a case of trying to figure out where are people moving to next? Right. Um, we've had referrals where we kind of middleman referrals for other people. It's like, oh, I, need, I know an agent in Austin, but the the other agent I know in Indianapolis needs one. Send them over there. It's kind of you become you become air traffic control when you build yeah. enough relationships, right? Uh, wholesaling through uh, referrals. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, kind of something something like that. Yeah. They, I mean, I know I know they won't forget about us when they have the have the the person moving eventually. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, some people have a good model for that though, because I do hear it a lot on the podcast. I'm like, how do they do that? I mean, is are they you know going to masterminds all over the the country or? I recommend those. And I'm, now here's a shameless plug right now, actually. So I always do this. Whenever I'm hosting, I have to do it. The Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind, You, if you're listening, you need to be there. I went there last year. I believe I, someone's going to shoot me if I say the wrong date. It's in March, I think, next year. So on my calendar, I'm going to be there. Okay. I recommend. On you, Matt, you got to be there. Find awesome. a way to get there. Yeah. It was Where awesome. That was one of the uh, – it, it will be in Austin. It will be in downtown Austin. Oh, awesome. Um, in, in, in the early part of 2023, I believe it's March. Someone please correct me and please don't get mad at me, Aaron, if I said the wrong thing there as far as the dates. Um, but yeah, that was that's an awesome one. I mean, as far as networking, especially in the the climate we're in right now, where there's a little bit of uncertainty, now is the time to rally around each other and grow our skill set and kind of build those kind of referrals, you know? I think Absolutely. That's my personal yeah. take, you know? Yeah, we got, yeah it's, it's a good plug and I'm sure it's a phenomenal event. The podcast is so good. So there's so many... I've learned so much by listening to this podcast all the way back from Pat Hyben, uh, all the way through the, the, the guest hosts and Aaron. And it's, it's uh, you know, I mean, I'll just use an example, follow-up loss right from here, Y Lopo right from here. And there's stuff that's, you know, you try and it just doesn't work in this area or it's not the quite business model for us. And, and you pivot off that as, you know, as you need to. Um, so I'd imagine a big event like that would be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, and as yeah, as times change, we change up some of the tools we use, and, and and one of the best ways to figure out what the next tool is is being there in the room with the the smart guys. I mean, I was, I almost say I was probably one of the dumbest guys in the room. I felt like when I was in there because there were so many brilliant people that had done so much, and when you're yeah. at the forefront with those people, you're learning firsthand. Oh, they're doing this, and, and there's not much, there's not much. Whenever you're in those settings, there's not. There's a, a there's kind of a an era of kind of like abundance, right? Because for the most part, you're not necessarily in a competing market, mm-hmm. and and at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff that they're doing, it's not easy. Like it's great concept, it's not easy. So not everyone's going to apply it anyway. 
so it's, it was awesome. You know, being around people and trying to figure out what are you doing differently in your market. Um, I know that you know Christina Leavenworth and I have kind of talked back and forth. She's in, in Florida. Um, I'm obviously up in Boise, and we've kind of piggybacked some ideas on different things to do. It's it's amazing how much your mind can open and, and your business can grow when you surround yourself with people that are trying to do the same thing. So yeah, if you can get down there to Austin, Texas, or real estate rockstars mastermind in March, yeah, and listen, so- sounds and amazing. You can do it, Matt. Yeah, yeah, I'll, sounds I'll great. Person for sure. So, uh, Matt, thank you very much. Before I go, is there anything anything you want the people to know or we want to touch yeah, on? There's, there, yeah, I guess there's one more thing I didn't get to. I have my notes up here, but I'm, I, was oh, yeah? it, I was just so focused. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's good. The, the Bulletproof Real Estate Agent is something people should check out. I would definitely give them a plug. They basically have been a, a, a good instrument for me the last year. So if you say, well, what is that? It's basically um, – a program that allows you to get on the first page of Google and more importantly in the top three of Google. So I say this, if you're not on the first page of Google, you don't exist. And that's for anything. I mean, if you're, you know, trickling down, you know, page two, three, four, no one does that. No one looks at that. So if you need a plumber right now, we'd all Google who's the best plumber in the area. And we, we would not go to page two. So they've been a really great program for realtors, and they run a phenomenal uh, referral program as well. So if you sign up, and uh, you know you mention you know real estate rock stars, I would I would basically get a fifty dollars referral fee until you quit. And then if you decide that, that, to do that, that it, was, that was you set that up. That was smart, man. That was no, I didn't know I didn't know you had the whole system. Sorry, I didn't interrupt uh, you. That's no, no worries. <laughs> so so when I get you to sign up, I'll get fifty bucks, and you get your friend to sign up. You get it helps all the realtors <laughs> out. You know what I mean? So. Um, I've, all my coaches have been out of state that I've had and I paid for, um, all three of my coaches have all signed up for it and it's, I've gotten great traction. So if you Google realtors in Andover, Massachusetts, I'll be in the top three. And so, you know, the proof is in the pudding. It works. They show you what you need to do. But like we talked about earlier, Elliot, you need to do the work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're not just going to put you on the front of Google, you know, like you have to put some time in, but I would say that that's been one of the biggest things that I've seen all year. And I don't work for the company, but you can tell my shameless plug, I do get 50 bucks. So like who wouldn't want 50 bucks? Hey, you disclosed it. I want to check it out. We're all about, I mean, I have a, I have a, a marketing team here and we're all about, uh, you know, whatever we can do to have our presence yeah. boosters. I'm, I'm checking out for sure. Yeah, I, I check it out. D- definitely check it out. I think they're running some sort of special. If you pay the year up front, you get two months free and stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You know, it's a pretty cool system. And, and uh, another agent, my company mentioned it to me and I'm like, like everything else, everything's a shiny new toy, but that was the toy <laughs> that worked, you know? Nice, nice. Well, well, Matt, I, I really appreciate you jumping on and, and, and giving some wisdom and, and, and just so everyone can, can see it. Matt is proof that if you set your mind to it and you enjoy what you do, you can do a lot of stuff and be crazy as heck and work as much as he does <laughs> and do a good job of both of them. So, yeah, Matt, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story, sharing some tidbits. Um, and if, if the folks want to keep up with you at all, are you what's the best social media platform or contact if they want to reach out and yeah, Instagram is probably the easiest. You can DM me if you have any questions. It's Matt Woody Sells. Perfect. And I'll plug myself too because I want you to follow me as well. And if anyone's listening wants yeah. to reach out to me too, uh, Instagram is the best way. And mine is Elliot underscore Hoyt uh, on Instagram. That's probably one of the best ways to do it. Matt, thank awesome. you for joining me. Thank you. And, Thanks uh, for having me. It was a lot of fun. Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
All right, real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one, and I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have, and also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free, but what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, We've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com, and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff rebusuniversity.com and if you want to chat with me go find me on Instagram if you come find me on Instagram you can send me messages tell me what you want to hear tell me what you liked what you didn't like we try to put a bunch of content out there too you can find me in two different places it's at rerockstars.com for our real estate rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things thanks for listening we'll see you again soon This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.